Well, friends, here we are, another episode of the Oh My Days Academy. My name is Tom Elliott. I'm your host. That's right. If you've listened before, the host has not changed. However, we are missing a host today. You see, I am... I've snuck this episode in last minute. I wasn't going to use this episode right now because I hadn't planned to do it. But when James, uh, our guest, let me know that he'd written a book and the theme of that book, I thought, well, it's kind of relevant for the time that we're in. So I'll I'll sneak it in. But what that means, friends, is that the brilliant other Tom, the other Tom Geeches, not, not, not the other Tom Geeches, the other Tom uh, isn't here today. Uh, but don't get you too tearful, Tom, if you're listening Try not to be too sad about this because you are back next week. I know that because we've already recorded it. (laughs) Uh, Not to spoil the illusion, but we have already recorded our conversation for for next week's episode. So listen, Tom will be back. Don't be too sad about that. Uh, The banter will be back. And uh, there'll be no reference to this because, as I said, it's already recorded. But you're going to love this episode, friends. I I put it in because I thought, well, during lockdown, uh, whilst we're all kind of thinking about at some point going back to work. Maybe you went back to work this week uh, if you're in construction or maybe, I don't know, you, you you might have gone back to work or thinking about going back to work next week. Or maybe you're still working. If you're a key worker, then hats off and massive applause uh, to you and respect to you for all that you're doing. But uh, But listen, whilst the rest of us are on lockdown and we're thinking about how we Uh, go back to work and when we go back to work. It's probably a good time to be thinking, well, which habits and what do I need to rethink and reset a little bit? And James's book, Leaving Work at Work, helps us to bring back that work-life balance. And if that's something that you perhaps need to address in the coming weeks, months, uh, whether that's out of pure drive uh, for the job that you do or whether that's just out of uh, workload, James has got some brilliant little tips, uh, some brilliant bits of wisdom, nuggets of wisdom for you, both in this episode and the Insiders Club uh, that you will absolutely want to take hold of today. Now, it was great this week to welcome uh, some new guests in the Insiders Club and I will be today, after I've recorded this, uh, after sorry, not after I've recorded it, after I've put this episode out today, I will be uh, posting the, Kathy Madavan's book, Irrepressible, 12 Principles for Living a Courageous, Resilient and Fulfilling Life. I will be posting that to a member of the Insiders Club. Friends, there's going to be loads more little opportunities and offers like this. So if you're not a member of the Insiders Club already, make sure you head over to ohmydaysacademy.co.uk and join. It's a pay-what-you-want monthly subscription uh, and and there's loads of value in there. In fact, there's a whole episode that was never released on the main podcast uh, in there, plus a load of extra content. You'll hear it all in the advert, middle of the interview. But uh, let's crack on with the brilliant James Birchinoff. James, welcome to the Oh My Days Academy. How are you doing, James? I'm good, thanks, Tom. How are you doing? Yes, very good. James, delightful to have you uh, on the podcast today. You have just written a book uh, called uh, How to Leave Work at Work. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Good. I'm glad I got the title right. James, uh, tell us tell us a bit about what you what you do, the, the role that you have uh, up in Birmingham. Yeah, fantastic. So I currently work as a um, head teacher of um, a secondary alternative provision. Um, what that means is it's, for, it's a basically a small school for kids um, that are at risk of exclusion from mainstream. Um, the, the charity I work for is called Transforming Lives for Good, um, or TLG for short. Uh, and I've been here for about, well, almost four years now. 
and I'm really, really loving it. So the book's about how to leave work uh, at work and how not to kind of uh, blur those lines between work and, and home life, I guess. What what led the journey? What was the journey that led you to write the book? Yeah, so basically I qualified as a teacher um, and I went straight um, into the job I'm in now. But during my training, I worked for two years um, in a primary school. It was a great experience, really, really fantastic Um I had a lot of responsibility straight on um, right from the beginning. But one thing I saw from my workload, the workload of others that were doing the same program as me and other teachers that have been qualified for a long time, um, is that the workload was absolutely immense and really, really crazy. Um, so I would often be kind of, you know, getting up and getting into school for seven o'clock, leaving when the caretaker kicked me out at half past five, taking bags of books to mark on my laptop, not stopping work till nine o'clock at night and then being too tired to do anything apart from just go to bed. So sure. it was a really crazy, crazy time really, to be honest. My my wife is a primary school teacher, James, and uh, okay. she she manages it well. She, she does seem to manage it, but at the same time, I do also see just a bit of an insight into the kind of workload uh, that you guys have. So uh, respect, mm. respect you because it's, it's huge and, uh, and it's pressured and it's, it's driven by, cause you, you clearly do what you do cause you love it. And uh, mm. so it's, there's a whole load of pressures coming from all angles really for, for teachers. What going back to those days then James, when you had uh, all of the tasks being given to you and the, the pressure, what impact uh, did working those long hours, those long days have on you? Yeah, it, it wasn't good. I felt exhausted and I felt overwhelmed for a lot of the time. I mean, on the surface, you know, I tried to make it seem like I was fine. I didn't want my colleagues or my head teacher or my mentor to see that I was struggling. Um, I think that was, that was, you know, not necessarily the right thing to do. But at the time, I didn't want to look like I was the, the newbie and that I, I hadn't found my feet yet. I guess it's so hard, when, it's hard when you're a student, I guess, isn't it? Because you want to, the, the additional pressure of being a student is you want to look like you're working hard. That's it. But it was also, I was classroom teacher. So the program was called Teach First and still is called Teach First. So I was classroom teacher right from the start. Um, so I was put in a position where I was responsible for a whole class of 30 children while still learning the job, which is a great way to learn. Sure. And it was the best way for me. But like I say, that imposter syndrome of not wanting to look like I didn't know what I was doing, look like a real teacher, even though I hadn't had all the training yet. It was quite a strange, strange position to be in, really. Um, and also not having friends <laughs> to be honest yeah. not having time to spend time with people outside of work um and i was a long distance relationship with my now wife she's my fiance at the time and um yeah just not even being able to speak to her unless i was on the phone to her while marking books and that was just not okay you know no sure sure and uh, well she's still married you james that's that's good that's true very good <laughs> But maybe what provoked the change, James? What provoked the the change of pattern, and and how did that? How did you learn what to do? Sure. So a couple of things. First was that a two year program was coming to an end, and I had to decide: do I continue at the school or do I move on? Um, another thing was I was getting married and moving to where my wife was living um, in Birmingham. So there was a change on the cards anyway. I didn't know what I wanted to do: whether I wanted to stay in teaching, whether I wanted to work for a charity whether I wanted to do something completely different. I was even looking at kind of learning mentor jobs. Um, but yeah, the job came up at TLG um, as head teacher. Laura told me to apply. I did. I got the job and it was really amazing. Um, so yeah, lots of things provoked the change. Um, and knowing that I was now married and it wasn't just me on my own, it was obviously another person that I was going to affect with my crazy workload. 
I kind of was doubly intent of thinking, right, fresh start. I can't continue how I was. I have to make a change now. Sure. And, and, and so what changes did you begin to make? Yeah, so I guess I was just really intentional from the start about saying, you know what, whatever time I say I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave. Um, I'm not going to bring Mark in home. And that is easier because there's a few children that we're working with at the moment, obviously, with um, but in our centre, there's only 12 children as a maximum. Okay. So obviously, that is easier. But still, if you kind of don't set those limits of saying, I'm going to leave at this time, I'm not going to bring stuff home, then you do, you find work to do. And to do this is never done. And I learned to realise that actually it's okay for you to do this not to be fully done because certain things can't wait till tomorrow or the day after when there's more time. Uh, just the more, most urgent and important things have to be done first. Um, and also, I think a big part of it was the culture within TLG. Um, the the, the um, recently won the um, Times Best Not-for-Profit to Work For, um, which is a real massive accolade. Sure. Um, and it just exemplifies the culture which they set of kind of not expecting me to take work home. In fact, my manager quite early on told me, okay, you're leaving work at four, don't take anything home. And she doesn't ring me outside of those hours. She doesn't expect me to be in any meetings outside of those hours. Um, and I kind of having that permission to do that really helped me. So it was partly the culture of the organization and partly my own limit setting, um, which helps that really. Now that sounds wonderful, James. That, that sounds amazing, and I know I know the work of TLG. I've done a bit of work with TLG, and uh, I've been to visit uh, you in, in your setting and your context. And That's right. Yeah. Young people you work with, and loved it. Actually, really did love it, and uh, certainly would love to do it again at some point. But uh, no, but but also I. I understand that this doesn't work as simply as it sounds, does it? Uh, setting mm. limits mm-hmm. sounds very, oh yes, I'm going to set limits. But actually, when the pressure hits, so for you as, as an education establishment, uh, surely like when Ofsted visit or or when yeah. there's important yeah. deadlines, these limits, you can't just go, well, I'll leave it till tomorrow. So because the, the, the deadline might be tomorrow. Yeah, that's it. And a couple of, couple of things there. One is that within TLG, the expectation is if after they come in, yeah, you work extra hours to get ready, um, but you take them hours back after. So sure. um, one thing they do great is they have um, they have the Wednesday where there's no students in. They go to their referring schools or work from home. Um, so that means that we've got time to do planning and things like that and meetings. So what they encourage us to do is on a Wednesday, if we've had Ofsted or something similar, uh, then they encourage us to take the time back on that Wednesday. So we're still doing the same amount of hours. Obviously, you're expected to do extra when there's an important thing happening, right, to the pressure. Um, but you take that time back after. I know that working in mainstream school, that's not always possible. And my kind of heart behind this book, Leaving Work at Work, is that it will help everyone to make some small changes. Now, it's really hard to make massive changes sometimes if the culture of the organisation or school isn't one that prioritises work-life balance. But everyone, wherever they're at, can make some small changes, which makes some difference. That's kind of um, what I would say, um, in some settings, there's more pressure. Um, but even in that situation, I reckon each person can make some small changes. Um, you know, deciding not to work till nine o'clock, but to work till seven instead. Or people that are working till half past five, um, work till half past four instead. You know what I mean? There's, there's, there's always, I think, some room for um, making some small changes. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this week's episode. Can I encourage you to join the Insiders Club today, where we help you take action on all of the wisdom shared on the All My Days Academy podcast. 
Now, in addition to the extra content, you will also get downloadable templates and access to our secret channel. All of this, my friends, is available to you for a pay-what-you-want monthly subscription. Don't take it from me, though. Here's what some of our members said. Hi, I'm Alison, and I joined Insiders Club because I wanted a new perspective and something uplifting to listen to. I'm Amanda. I joined the Insiders Club because I wanted to dig a bit deeper and look at more practical ways that I could keep motivated and stay focused. Friends, join us in the Insiders Club today at ohmydaysacademy.co.uk. James, a lot of this is about creating a habit, isn't it? It's about, uh, it's not just a one-off change that you can make, but it's trying to make this a daily part of our lives. How have you, have you gone about that? Yeah, so I guess I'll say a bit more on the um, the uh, Insiders Club um, extra bit. Um, but I guess how I've gone about that kind of just briefly, um, I, one, a couple of things I've done is, is the way I have organised my kind of tasks into what is most urgent and what is most important um, and creating a system of kind of a good format for a to-do list makes a big change in how you are prioritising your tasks. Um, I think a big shift that I've done as well is involving my team more. I think in, main, in mainstream teaching, a lot of the kind of emphasis is um, on, oh, it's your classroom, your kids, get it done. Um, it's quicker and easier to do it yourself. But at the moment, I'm learning a lot that, it's much better when you involve your whole team and get your whole team involved. And that means less workload for you and better teamwork and better uh, success across the whole, the whole thing, really. Sure. I mean, I think that's one of the things that my wife, Natalie, has, has done well. Uh, the, the, the team, uh, I know for her, like they all take a subject and they all take a topic and then they each plan kind of the whole of that topic for the rest of the team. Uh, and yeah, so yeah. although it's, a, it's a, still a large workload, uh, they know that once they're through it, they've everything else is done for them. So uh, yeah, the, that team is really important. James, what would you what would you say? I know you guys at TLG, I know that this isn't this is more than a job. It's a it's a, a lifestyle. Yeah. It's, a, it's a passion. It's driven within you. Uh, for those that are passionate about what they do, uh, whether that might be self employed, and they're, they're doing something they love or, or they just they're employed and they do something that they absolutely love doing there's a danger there that those kind of people can be overworked as well and and hit the same mm. problems that someone under immense pressure from a boss uh, can hit as well so what would you say to people that are overworking purely because of drive and passion rather than because of kind of workload yeah absolutely it's a really good question because you know when you really care about those you're working with or the cause that you're working for it can cause you to to kind of keep going and keep going and not stop because you're loving it um but I think that there's still a danger that you become isolated from your friends and your family because you're working so hard. And I think that everyone needs that support network um, of friends, family, uh, people to, to go for a drink with, people to back around to the house, you know, all those sorts of things. And if you are, yes, you might be loving your job, but you're missing out on a whole chunk of what's important in life sure. yeah. if you aren't making time for those people. Now, James, you work with uh, vulnerable young people. So there's, there's a whole other angle. Not only are you passionate, but you, you're working in a setting where uh, young people perhaps come from difficult backgrounds. Uh, they're, they're going home to some difficult situations. Uh, how do you set yourself apart emotionally? Oh, you care for these young people uh, massively. How do you set yourself apart so that you're not, not just thinking about the, the kind of administrative work of your job, but the, the kind of emotional side to your job? Yeah, it's really hard because 
you know, we care about each and every one of our young people. I know that every staff member at TLG who works on the front line does so. Um, and it's really hard sometimes because you're really invested in their problems and their issues and wanting them to succeed and wanting them to overcome their issues at home sometimes. Um, but I think that it's really important to have some level of detachment, you know, and it, too much attachment in that way can cause you to keep working and working and working because you want the best for them. Um, but having the, the courage to step back at four o'clock or whatever time you choose to leave, step back and think, right, I've done all I can for that young person now. I love them and I care about them, but I've done all I can. Now the best thing for that person is to make sure I look after myself tonight so that I'm ready to go again tomorrow and be caring and compassionate. Um, I think that's really important. Otherwise, you, you end up working crazy hours, then you're not patient and not kind with them in the morning, which actually has an adverse effect on them and their well-being. I think it's really important too to debrief. And I talked about this in, in my book, Leaving Work at Work as well, that, um, you know, there's a physical and there's an emotional and there's a mental aspect to leaving work at work. With the emotional, a big thing is making time to kind of debrief at the end of a day, making time to talk about everything that you're feeling and thinking um, rather than internalising it. And I think that's a real key thing when you're working with vulnerable young people or, or actually when you are doing a job, any kind of job that has a big emotional aspect to it. James, what have you what have you seen within the culture of TLG that how can we all, whether we're kind of in leadership or not, how, how can we help to create a culture, uh, perhaps learning from what you've seen in TLG that that encourages a work life balance? Yeah, I think I think for those that are in leadership, I think making it really clear to their team that it's okay to leave work at work and not even okay, but desirable, praising those that are doing that well. Um, I think unless unless it comes from above, it's hard for the person below to see, yeah, actually, I can do this. I've got permission to leave work at, at, at work. I know I've done it with my team when they, you know, when new staff members have come in, I've been really clear with them what I, what I expect and don't expect. Anytime they do work at home, in fact, sometimes they say to me, oh, I almost did work at home yesterday, James, but then I knew what you would say, so I didn't do it. Kind of lighthearted <laughs> Very and good. joking in a joking way. Um, but for those that aren't in leadership as well, uh, for, for anybody, I think it's just a case of kind of looking out for each other, making time for a quick chat, um, you know, with each other, checking in on each other's well-being, um, you know, making it clear to others around you that you care about them, care about their well-being and their feelings. Um, you know, quite often at TLG, we pray together as well and we just chat about how things are going, we laugh together. Even at the, you know, at the moment where we're working from home a lot of the time, we make time on Zoom most mornings to to, to catch up check in and that's really important for those that are in leadership and those that aren't really important very good very good james where can people get hold of the book yeah so it's self-published on um, amazon kindle so just logging into amazon and typing in leaving work at work um, sorry tommy did get the title wrong at the start but i didn't want to correct you so it's called leaving work at work um on amazon.co.uk um and it's like only five pounds it's really intentionally really cheap I mean, it's quite a small book they don't want to add extra work to people's um workloads and um, it's only five pounds it's actually free as well if you have um kindle unlimited which is very exciting so yeah amazon.co.uk and type in leaving work at work brilliant james one final question uh, and uh, i think you you'll know how to answer this what does it mean james for you to live life fully yeah, I think it's about being able to thrive in your work or obviously for those that aren't working, whatever they are doing with their time, being able to thrive in that, but also thrive in the other areas of your life, to thrive at home, to thrive you know, in your relationships with others. Um, it's about balance really for me. Amazing. James, thanks ever so much for joining us today. 
Thanks so much, Tom. Cheers. Well, that was the brilliant James Birchinoff talking about his book, Leaving Work at Work. Brand new book, a debut book, I believe. Uh, so make sure you go grab a copy and use this time during lockdown to uh, invest in yourself by reading that book, putting some things into practice or deciding what's going to happen when you go back to work so that you have a better balance of, of work and life or a better blend of work and life, perhaps. Uh, so do go and check out that book. James is a brilliant guy. I've had the pleasure of, of working with him, as I said at the beginning, and uh, I wholly endorse his book to you today. Well, listen, before you go, I thought another little thing for you to read or check out whilst you're on uh, lockdown, if you've got plenty of time to spare, and that is that I've created a little uh, lockdown laughter prompt PDF that you can download uh, at tom elliotorg Elliot spelt with two L's and two T's, otherwise you get a Scottish psychic, I believe. And to make sure you spell Elliot with two L's and two T's, and you can download uh, some prompts for lockdown laughter. Just funny little things you can do around the house or funny things you can do to make others laugh in your household or people over Zoom or, or phone. Uh, you can make them, make them laugh, bring a bit of joy to the, to the place. And if you've got a sense of humour, uh, you'll enjoy taking, undertaking some of the activities that I've suggested. As I said, you can download that at tom elliotorg uh, you'll get it on an email. Uh, it just comes as a PDF. Uh, and also, by signing up, it means you'll also get notified of new podcast episodes. Uh, mean you'll never miss one. So it's the perfect time to go and do it. So go to tom elliotorg Elliot's two L's, two T's. Uh, and uh, you can download that today. Friends, it's been good to see you again or to chat to you again. Uh, hope you're surviving and uh, live well, dream big, keep laughing.